Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here with my good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder, my good, good pals. And I had a bad, bad day betting. I don't know if you remember on FanDuel, we took a million dollars. We didn't, the three of us actually take a million dollars. But FanDuel betters wagered and took in a million dollars against FanDuel on our winning parlay last week. Well, it wasn't to be two weeks in a row. 0 for 3. Charlotte, you had who? Kansas City. You were actually closest to winning and yet not really close. What did you have then? Minus seven and a half? Yeah, I mean, at least the team that I chose to win won, but like <laughs> not in a way that I needed them to. I was shocked watching in the first half of that game. I was like, oh my God, is this the gambling gods coming to collect? Like, I don't think I yeah. lo- had I lost. Yeah, I guess I lost on there was a Celtics cover or something that I didn't get right. But like, it yeah, feels you're not bad. Used, you're not it used to terrible. losing. Yeah, you'll I get hate used losing. to it. <laughs> it's it's not fun. Your team did win, didn't cover seven and a half as soon as they went to overtime. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that game a little bit. Dave, you had Philly. That was a, a that went from being a sharp pick to a trendy pick to everybody had them. You had it minus a half a point, and uh, they they got a slow start out of the gate and never could catch up. Yeah, and I want to say publicly here and now to the two of you, um, Sal and Charlotte, classy. Classy by both of you to, mm. you know, not let me stand there on an island and be <laughs> yes. responsible for this, that you both instructed your teams that you had to take a dive with me so I could right. feel so I, I didn't have to wear the L all on my own. Thank you. But what a week. What a, what a day. What a day. I almost forgot that society is crumbling around us for a few <laughs> hours. Thanks to pro football and the Lakers and uh, your pal Jimmy Kimmel and and so on. It was uh, it was a fine Sunday of distraction top to bottom. It really was. I, I lost with Houston. I thought I'd get cute. I'd cross the plus seven. I got them at plus eight and a half thanks to the odds boost and the points boost provided by Fandle. And they got slaughtered by Baltimore, who looks like they're taking no prisoners. But you're right, Dave and Charlotte. And we were texting like, there's just too much. I We don't want to complain. But between those games and uh, and and basketball and the Emmys, it was like our heads were spinning. Yeah. It, it, Right. Charlotte's like uh, Charlotte almost waved had- the white flag. She was like, I've had enough here. I don't know what to watch. I was say I was texting. I, I was just like, I don't know. I need five more sets of eyeballs. Like I really <laughs> was um, invested in absolutely everything that was going on. And at one point I found myself getting really stressed. I was like really, really worried about how I was going to process all of the information that I was watching. And I thought, oh, my God, like, remember in April and May when there was nothing, nothing to talk about, nothing to collectively experience. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm fine. I can deal with like having a surplus right now. Right. We've been bombarded. It it is kind of like when people use the golf, when people talk about golf. Why why do you love playing golf so much? Because it allows me to get away from all of the world's troubles for a little while. And I'm always like, Aren't you robbing Peter to pay Paul, though? Because golf is stressful by its own right. right. So like, yeah, you've just right. traded the stress there. And I guess it also, though, like uh, like Charlotte says, it's a, a vague return to normalcy 
that I find myself just absolutely disgusted watching the fourth quarter of the Steelers. Like, you're going to give this away. And I I mean, I just lose all perspective that the only <laughs> thing that matters is like, I thought this defense was supposed to be the best in pro football. And you're letting a backup quarterback do this to you. And I suddenly realized this is all right. Yeah, everything's all right. Look at this. Yeah. The, the only things I got right pretty much were I, I did nail the um the the final score pretty close to it the uh that marvelous game from Seattle um I mean really a really a yeah gem. let's talk about that what a, that was what fun. a gem of a game and the other one I got right was uh unfortunately was uh saying that I thought you had a little bit too much confidence in those Texans there they did get steamrolled yeah boy, that was boy, rough boy Houston let's uh let's go to that Seattle game Are you okay Charlotte that was a lot of emotions there because it seemed like the Patriots were kind of out of it they weren't scoring a lot you know they they had to pick six, but otherwise the offense wasn't really clicking. And then they're down double digits in the fourth quarter. And then they mount a pretty good and furious comeback. And, you know, ending with Cam Newton getting stuffed at the goal line, which is ironic. Is it ironic or coincidental in its own right? Because that's how um, you guys won a Super Bowl off of Seattle a few years back. Yeah, I I don't. So I think I have clearly I have many thoughts about this. Um hmm. I will say when when New England was losing by a fair amount, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Russell Wilson is just on fire right now. Um, you know, we played okay in the beginning. I guess I sort of rationalizing it to myself, but I wasn't I'm not conditioned yet, you know, with Cam to think that the Pats are going to do their Pats thing and have these comebacks because that felt like such an intrinsic part of Brady and Belichick's partnership was figuring out how to make everything okay, even when fans are like, oh, well, it's over. And they 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 did it, you know, like they came 30 to 35. I was just I was blown away. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. Is it the same Patriots? Like, is it this magic that Belichick is able to conjure up and that Cam is really good? And I can't believe we only have, we're only paying him a million bucks. Like what's going on? And I don't think that that was all negated by the loss, but I just, it really sucked. I was sitting there afterwards with my head in my hands. Just all I could think about was how cool would it have been if Cam mm-hmm. had done that, like it would have been such a statement, especially for fans in New England to be like, just get behind this guy. Like, look at this. And I still think you can say that. But I do think that the loss makes it like, well, it's still a loss. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. But I think I, I'm Dave, you're half uh, cup, half full guy. I think I'm cup, half full for the Patriots. I learned more about the Patriots and concluded that they're going to be a good team based on this game more than I did when they beat the yes. Dolphins last week. I think they're they're in it to win it. I'd be surprised now if they went any worse than nine and seven and made the playoffs if you go through the division. Um, but Dave, this is, uh, I don't know. I think Belichick is more excited about this offense. I think he likes, it's a nifty, it's a craftier offense with Cam Newton. So many different designs and weapons in, in that red zone. And we knew that about Cam, but you're, feel like you're getting the best of Cam Newton right now, right? Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to um let go of the the here and now or the last night uh, of it and and focus on the greatness of the game. And what defines the great games by the way is the the manner of scoring. And Russell mm. Wilson hit 
at least two deep balls for touchdowns and dramatic touchdowns back and forth. Really, I mean, that was a high-end regular season game, no matter the circumstance, COVID-19 era or otherwise. What it means down the line is, though, I don't think Seattle's a great team. I think that, Mm -hmm. as I love to say, you know, Russell Wilson is 21st century John Elway dragging a collective that's kind of mediocre. However, I think I diminish the offensive weaponry around Russell Wilson a little bit when I say that because clearly DK Metcalf is a freak and Tyler Lockett remains good and they have a gaggle of running backs behind Russell Wilson, but I don't love that defense. They don't generate a great pass rush. No, no, um, no. I mean, you know, President Adams is dynamite. I mean, if you watch that right. one, that's one of your takeaways is um, that that was a great weird head-to-head rivalry between quarterback and safety for 60 minutes there. Um, I also think, as a a recurring theme here, I think a lot of people have been seduced by the logo on the side of the Patriots helmet instead of the guys who are actually in that helmet on the defensive side of the ball. There's just not... The deficit that they have from last year to this year is, I think, going to prove to be too great. They're one and one now, are the Patriots, and... America's team 2020, at least my nominee, the Buffalo Bills are going Mm. to vanquish them ultimately, but let's not get lost in that. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was awesome stuff from cam. And as I've been saying for two years plus now, and now everybody's starting to come around a little bit, cam Newton, get ready for it. You're going to see him put on a gold jacket and what hat is on that bust is the only thing left to debate at this point. That's Hall of Fame talk, Charlotte. And I, I do think I don't Thank know if I'm ready so. to put him there. I, I, no, Dave, I know we we have to we have to uh, everything's encrypted with Dave. But no, I want to. I, I would say the best takeaways for this, Charlotte, I, and maybe you see it otherwise. Cam's playing at a high level, great, mm-hmm. and the Patriots are still in the division with the Jets and Dolphins, who seem to be as bad as they've ever been. Um, so there you go. There's at least three wins right there. I think out of those four games, when you play there, so yeah. No, I mean, I do think I, I think they're going to be OK. I think that they're going to have a, a decent record. I will say that what really worries me is injuries because mm-hmm. they're pretty thin, right? Like if you, you if you lose Edelman, I mean, yeah. I was getting nervous yesterday, especially after all of the injuries, which, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit. But after that, I was like, this guy's legs are going to fall off like, you know, yeah. you can't you need a little bit of help and sure like Harry played pretty well. You have, um, there, there is some help around him, but they really targeted Edelman pretty hard. And yeah. I also worry about cam like, you know, he's flipping over near the goal line, landing on his back. And I just, <laughs> I mean, like I really, they, they are the heart of this team right now. And so I just, I, I wish there were some way to, protect them more but also like that's football so i don't know what i'm supposed to do about that you know you say that's football but it's a version of football we may not even be used to with guys dropping like flies it's a saquon out for the year i think he's out for the year did they did they say acl must be out for the year mccaffrey banged up garoppolo uh the niners had like nine players go out and the jets still couldn't beat them is that by the way is that given the circumstances of that one that that you know the Niners travel across the country and within the game early in the game they just lose key players and the Jets got smoked I mean I don't want to get hyperbolic about it 
But I feel like that's got to be in the top 10 most humiliating, atrocious, impossible to come back from the rest of this season type losses that I've seen in 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 the 21st century. Right. I I think that's what an embarrassment. I think that's what makes them the very worst team. I mean, if you were to rank them top to bottom, there are some bad ones this year. There sure are. Um, My team uh, just escaped being in that bottom uh, echelon. But um yeah, that's uh, it's interesting that the one the play though. Let's talk about the goal line play, and then we can move on to other games. Uh, you love the option of Cam having the ball at the one or two yard line. It seemed like rolling right to his throwing side, and then the jump pass to like we said, like a six string uh, offensive lineman should have been in the cards. It should have been an option, literally an option uh, for Cam down the stretch, and they read it perfectly, much like. But like I say, ironically or coincidentally, much like the Patriots and Malcolm Butler read Russell Wilson's uh, Super Bowl pl- ending play right there. Um, I mean, very weird. I do think Cam had to run, right? Like you can't, mm-hmm. uh, on principle, Belichick had to run the ball there, right? Like, yeah. I I don't know. I <sighs> They snuffed it out. I guess they, I guess they, when you guess a play completely, it's hard to, uh, produce um, <laughs> a positive it wasn't. I don't think it was event. a bad call or bad play. I think it was just executed poorly yeah. because I think, I think it was, it was less that it was executed poorly and more that Seattle was just like on it. <laughs> yeah. Wagner blew it up. Right, Dave. I mean, would yeah. you rather him rolled right a little bit? I, I, I just thought, I don't know. And then, then again, you're with Charlotte's right. If they seal off the edge, it just works. He just walks into the end zone. But I think that it, I mean, there is so much shocker here, everybody. Uh, 2020 hindsight is being applied by Football America. That's the way it always will go um, mm-hmm. about whether, you know, Anthony Lynn doesn't go for it in overtime in Los Angeles. And after the fact, well, that was a terrible decision. It's, you know, the result is what gets pointed to. Um, yeah, it, you know, Collinsworth said it in the broadcast. Everybody was thinking it. The Seahawks have not shown any ability to stop that. So what would Cam running behind the left side of the line? Why don't they do that one more time? However, I I, I mean, I bang the drum for this. You know this, Sal, every Sunday. Play action, uh, boot, uh, yeah. uh, bootleg never doesn't work. It, right. it will work 100% of the time, especially if you have Cam Newton if you if you fake the ball and roll Cam out and drag the tight end um, in the back of the end zone, there's no way that doesn't result in a touchdown. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, it, but then again, going into the play, you think the Seahawks haven't stopped anything. Direct yeah. snap to Cam, let him take it over the left side, and uh, the Patriots go home winners. And um, so now everybody me. thinks that's crazy. It reminded me, Charlotte, of a penalty kick. If you if you slow down that last play, and I saw it today, it, everybody on the defense runs to, to their right. They really reminded me of like a goalie just being spot on, guessing mm-hmm. exactly right with a penalty kick. And like, oh my God, they, somehow they knew it was coming. But um, Totally. Yeah. Your team's I mean, good. Your team's good. You'll be fine. Yeah, I think. they're good. They're good. I, th- I feel like this was... Um, a matchup I was really worried about and to see that they hung in there and came so close. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, you know, knock on yeah. wood, everyone's everyone's bodies hold up and we'll be good to go. Yeah. That's the thing. I just, uh, and they worried about COVID being the thing, but yes, a lot of, uh, people smarter than us pointed out, Hey, these guys haven't practiced enough. Injuries are going to be the well, main 
factor here. Also, though, something that I read that all the um, the Niners were complaining about the MetLife turf yeah. being sticky and two of the Jets guys went down too. I forget who, but like I, I do think that there could be something to that if one team is getting rocked and the other team isn't doing so great either and it's on the, the field might have something to do with it. I don't know. And they have to play there again next week. Yeah, this week. You're so right. <laughs> I read one quote from a guy who was like, we're really scared. And I was like, Jesus, fix the goddamn field. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, they had the Super Bowl there a few years ago, Dave. You think they'd have the field. Um, you're, you're, you're shrugging it off like they're, they're just looking for an excuse. Well, I mean, because there was a game there six days prior to that. And right. unless Danny Dimes, when he was getting sacked by uh, by Steelers defenders, had gum fall out of his pocket and lay all over the field. And that's what was tripping guys up on Sunday. Maybe Is that that's what happened? It. I don't know. I'm speculating. Oh, I don't I know. I Do I know that that's what happened? I don't. No. I'm just Put I'm it. just floating some ideas. Put it um, out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also I think a lot of these injuries and maybe we'll see a you know a straight up ghoulish count of the number of players lost for season in uh, NFL Week Two, twenty twenty, and it'll line up as the most apocalyptic day ever. But I, a lot of people were pointing at that as see this is why they need preseason, and I feel like early in the season we always see a lot of injuries. Unfortunately, mm. that's twenty first century NFL football is that right. uh, unfortunately there's a fair amount of physical attrition. That happens. And I, I I think a lot of people are, are using this as they see. That's why you need a preseason. My takeaway is why do we ever need a preseason again when you see the quality of football that we've seen in the first couple of weeks here? Yeah, well, it's my, been pretty my good. other yeah. feeling is that what if they'd gotten injured in preseason? You know, like do the sure. injuries that always happen in preseason cancel? But it probably comes out to about the same. Oh, listen, as a Tony Romo fan, no one uh, I'll, I'll bang that drum all day long. Uh, yeah, I, I, maybe there's a maybe there's some kind of happy media. Maybe, you know, they're they're running routes on Zoom. So maybe they don't <laughs> need preseason games, but maybe they could have hit in practice. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think, Dave, what uh, what um, makes it sing a little more is fantasy. You had Saquon Barkley, you had McCaffrey. Those are top picks in fantasy. So that becomes like a bigger uh, story than it normally is for week two, but you might be right. Maybe it's just early season uh, injuries. Let's get to my team, America's team. Forty. You're sticking. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You're so you're what? sticking with this. You're just gonna act like uh, you have amnesia. Like, what do you uh, mean? Like we haven't had this uh, uh, this amnesia's team is what you have. I, I don't know what you're I, talking about. I declared. I said I don't care. What what your solution is the Buffalo Bills? Why? How does that fit America's team? That's right. I did. Okay. Tell, that's right. That's America's team. Now talk about I your team. All right. Hate if, that. if the Buffalo Bills win 40 39 yesterday on a fluke onside kick, do you think it's getting up 100th the buzz that it did when the Cowboys beat the Falcons yesterday? What a no. disgrace. What a no. disgrace for Dan Quinn on down that that team, there are, I mean, it makes me crazy. I don't want to get up on Mount Pius about this, but yeah. I have to for a moment. I mean, you're professional football players on the hands team uh, and you don't know what the rule is. You don't know the rule. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Like there are a lot of people making excuses. Hey, that's what happens when you don't have a preseason and you don't get to work like, it out. No, no, no you're a professional. No. You, you're not getting, you're, you're, you're not getting paid $15 an hour to do this job. You're getting paid handsomely for this. No, the rules. Shame I on Dan Quinn rule- and the Falcons. 
I think the rule is when you have a giant fidget spinner coming at you, helicoptering over at you, uh, maybe just be a little cautious. Don't run five yards up. And I, I don't blame the hands team. I think they should have known where 10 yards was. That kick was a, that was a, all right. That Saints. It was Colts great. Was the best, the most important onside kick in history. I don't think you'll see a better onside kick than that was. It really looked like it wasn't making 10 yards. So I don't mind the hands team backing off there. I don't know that thing. That was a grenade coming at them. Oh, I don't know, though. There was <laughs> I feel like I want to believe that I want to be like, yeah, how could they tell, you know, like three yards hard to tell in the field. But like the Cowboys could tell. So right. I just I feel like the argument falls apart there. I think the ball coming away from you is easier to. Well, look, they, you talk about hindsight, Dave. The guy jumps on the hands team. He jumps on it at seven yards and he, he kicks it and, uh, and it gets muffed and the Cowboys jump on it. Everybody was said, oh, that ball wasn't making 10 yards. Why did he jump on it there? That's so I true. think that that could have gone either way. I, you know what? I, I, I am going to invoke what we talked about on Friday, which is the curse of Sposta, which is when you're yeah. supposed to win in a situation. The Falcons were on the precipice of blowing. I mean, you know, I don't know how uh, it, 2020 hands team uh, members of the Atlanta Falcons are referring back to what happened in the Super Bowl four years ago. But mm -hmm. there is now this perception of like, oh, my God, the Falcons just cannot hold on to a lead at this point. And within that 60 minutes that they were going to blow such a massive lead, there is that like on your heels like, don't screw this up. Oh, don't please don't let the ball, the game come down to me. If you're on the hands team that they were on their heels figuratively and literally, I mean, what a mess, but you know what? The other thing is too, uh, the swing of it is Dak is, was staring at O and two and right. you know, better than I Sal. I mean, how soon would we start getting to a place where there were calls from, from uh, the state of Texas? Like, well, got to give Andy Dalton a shot at some point. I oh, mean, might have been close. You know, yeah. I mean, I that one really saves Dax Hyde for at least a few weeks. I feel like I was seeing stuff tank for tank for Trevor. The whole stuff. All right, Cowboys, you don't have it. Go four and twelve, and maybe you're in the mix for uh, for Trevor Lawrence next next year. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was awful. I mean, the first three. They fumbled three times in the first five minutes. And you look at Zeke Elliott, I think next to Phil Rivers, Zeke Elliott is the worst in terms of body language, having money on or rooting for somebody when things aren't going well. And like, oh my God, they just don't have it. But luckily, luckily they were against the Falcons and the Falcons defense, which um, never just seems to never put up a fight. I do feel bad for them. Charlotte, 440 and oh, a team that had scored 39 points and had at least 39 points and had not turned the ball over was 440 and oh, dating back to 1933 uh, before the Falcons blew that game. Tremendous. I just, I just can't, I, I ache for Falcons fans. Like yeah. I, I said this in the, in the recap that I've coming out tomorrow but it it like if this were a friend and this were a friend's boyfriend i'd be like i don't care how long you've been together you need to leave he is just going to keep disappointing you like it mm -hmm. it's it's truly i don't know i mean <laughs> fandom <laughs> fandom is so bizarre because you're willing to put up with so much and there's some sort of like romance to the pain of being a sports fan who loses and then you build on that and then when you finally win because you will win at some point. I really, you know, I, I think that every team kind of eventually comes around. It might take 86 years, but <laughs> it it's still in those moments. You're just like, 
how how can I keep doing this to myself? Like it, it's like the it Falcons are actively trying to hurt the people who care about the most. Yeah, this obviously you're speaking up 28-3 is the most famous collapse in Falcons history. So this doesn't even really compare uh, 28-3 to the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Um, I will say out of the 0-2 teams, I think they have as good a shot as any to make the playoffs. I don't know why. They're just um, they're just so strange the way they, they give these things away. Um, Can I throw they, in as far as go that goes? You're right. It does matter. I mean, it's a little weird to be obsessing over the standings two weeks yeah. in, but those teams that are now 0-2 historically are, um, are are behind the eight ball to make it to the postseason extra playoff right. team um, on both sides of the bracket, notwithstanding. Um, yeah, I, I think the Falcons are, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of in the mix by virtue of the division that they happen to be in. Right. And I, I'm going to put stick, stick my neck out because you might listen to this on Tuesday after Monday night football. I suspect that we are about to start to really see the acceleration of a, a, a public acknowledgement of Drew Brees's downward decline here with when with Michael Thomas not on the field. Michael Thomas better get out there and be and return to the high level at which he's played or else talk about quarterback controversy and all of that. I know this is going to sound crazy. If he's out for three weeks, I predict that by week three of Michael Thomas's absence, there will be some noise being made for. Can we at least get a look at how Jameis looks in this offense? Sure. That's what I'm saying. I think, think Jameis is third string. Isn't Taysom Hill second string? I know it doesn't really matter on the depth chart, but um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's a lot. I'll, well, well, let's talk about that. New Orleans yeah, yeah, and yeah. Las Vegas tonight. Uh, New Orleans five and a half favorite of five and a half points. Forty eight and a half is the over under, according to our friends at. FanDuel. Um, I think it's too many points. I, I, being quarantined in Vegas might be worse than actually being able to be let loose in <laughs> Vegas. I'm not sure what it does to the visiting team's psyche, but uh, I think I it's- I could not I agree more. Sorry. Right? Isn't it weird? It's, uh, I don't know what it's going to do, how that's going to play out on the field. But Dave, to your point, I'm looking ahead, and this is really getting ahead, with all the injuries, I think you almost have to assume two injuries per game early on per team. New Orleans is minus four over Green Bay for Sunday. I think Green Bay's better. I'm taking Green Bay plus four. You could see a Saints team. You could kind of get a free game. Saints aren't going to be better after tonight, right? There could potentially be worse if Breeze gets hurt or Kamara gets hurt. Um, I'm taking Green Bay plus the points looking ahead, and I'll take Las Vegas tonight. Boy, this – I, yeah – I'm going to take Vegas in the new joint. It does matter um, that these openings witness, you know, limited uh, recency bias here. But you look at how the two L.A. teams have performed in the new digs, and it seems like that elevated their play. If if we can point to that as a reason why now the mm. Raiders get to open up their fancy new digs. And so they're probably going to be jacked up more practically. I do like the defense for Oakland. I mean, oh, I just called him Oakland as I talked about the new thing. What year is I, it's that? It's funny because I was just going to say, I feel like the Raiders are the team that I have most naturally adopted their new city. I'm like, yeah, obviously the Las Vegas Raiders with John Gruden as the coach. I'm like, it just That's makes right. sense. Right. I'm taking the Saints tonight, though. Interesting. All yeah, right. I'm taking the Saints. I I have a little more faith in them than, than you guys do. Uh, I think Breeze is still... I think there are going to be flashes of of brilliance still in there, and I feel like against the Raiders that might that might come through. Tonight. All right, 
Well, yeah, I think the Raiders I do, a- have, they do have trouble in the secondary, so it should be a high-scoring yeah. game. And I guess the Saints do have – I just think the five-and-a-half is uh, is too many. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Things things get good all of a sudden. And next Monday, great game, Baltimore-Kansas City in Baltimore. That's – I That's do love that fun. one, but before we move to, to that or otherwise, yeah. I, I to acknowledge your point about the Packers, it's a funny um, combination of factors here. Cam is in New England, and Russell Wilson feels like he's been cut loose to cook, and he is indeed cooking, and Patrick Mahomes kind of vaulted past um, Aaron Rodgers over the last two years as the most mm. physically gifted quarterback we've ever seen in our lives, and Aaron Rodgers was that for me for at least a decade. Um, all these factors have combined, you know, and like, ah, the Packers, they went 13 and three, but we all know that they're not all that good in the Jordan love controversy. And here, and here we are now that to me is clearly the best team in the NFC at this point is, uh, oh, is, yeah. is the Packers. Yeah. yeah. I, I put them up there with Baltimore and Kansas city as, uh, don't bet against them until they give you a reason to right now. They are, uh, they are rock solid and, you know, they beat up on Minnesota, who we're, we have our doubts now with, but uh, they they got their house in order, I think. I do feel like Rodgers is channeling whatever he had from sure. them drafting Jordan Love. I think this is a an Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, look what I can still do season, yeah, and I F-U think that season. that's. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's a hell of a motivator, and I I think it's great, and um, it's clearly working. Also, they have like the best Aaron's ever. I mean, Aaron Jones yeah. what was it 168 yards rushing two touchdowns, another passing touchdown, receiving touchdown. I mean, I was just like these guys, I mean, it was embarrassing for the Vikings, but it was also great because it wasn't necessarily a collapse, but like a, whoa, green Bay's really good still Lions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're sorry. right. Was it lions? You're, yeah. Well, yesterday was lions. Yeah. Vikings week four, but no, you're right. <gasps> Charlotte. Like, Sorry. <laughs> Forget about Jordan Love. Rodgers is competing to be just the best Aaron on the offense, which is uh, right. he's, got, <laughs> he's got a lot of lot of motivation. Uh, Dave, I want to get to your Steelers in a second. Tampa back on track, we think. I don't know. 23 for 35, a touchdown and interception. Very uh, Tom Brady-esque game. They won by two touchdowns. Teddy Two Gloves was down a touchdown and threw a pick. Could have made it interesting towards the end. Couple of those shiny pieces aren't there anymore. Godwin sat for uh, Tampa Bay. That was a big injury. Um, Gronk is a shell of himself. I think you're going to get one or two receptions, two or three targets a game out of him. Maybe the offense isn't as pretty as uh, he was promised. Certainly, they do that thing where he's not used to a penalty. He'll throw for a first down, and then there's a holding call. Uh, I think they only had like 37 yards in penalties yesterday, but still. Very different. I, I don't think they're there. Maybe that was the biggest overreaction that Tampa's not doing anything this year after week one. But um, I guess I don't know. I guess that's a good win for Tampa. I don't think they'll have as many easy games like that on their schedule as they did home against Carolina. But a win's a win. And I guess it was kind of done handily. Right. I mean, I think they're starting to gel. I think that Brady is still Brady. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I. I'm conflicted. Like I, I wish <laughs> I feel bad saying this because I feel like all New England fans are like, we must support our king still. But I'm like, I would love if the Bucks lost. Like I would really just be thrilled yeah. if they lost a lot. But I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to lose a lot. I don't think. I don't know if they'll be the best. But I think that um, you know Brady still. 
he's still Brady, and we saw that on Sunday. Uh, and they catch a break this week, too. I had this circled as an L for uh, Tampa on the schedule. They go to Denver. Denver, no Von Miller. Their quarterback, Drew Locke, is out. Um, Dave, they just keep this going. I, I, I do kind of feel like the same thing with um, New England. Now I'd be surprised if this team wasn't 9-7 and seven and in the playoff mix. It's, you know, it's your pal, Tony Romo, identifies this on broadcasts. It it, it kind of boils it down to a simple formula, which is Tom Brady is, you know, I mean, people always say this and maybe it gets a, it gets it to be a little much, but his chief gift is, um, is mental and he can identify who Waldo is on the defense, which is to say who is the weak link of that defense. And he'll right. go at that guy over and over again. And if you really look back at it, the last, whatever, eight, 10 years, it really is Brady playing some pigskin variation of one-on-one or two-on-two, I should say, I guess, which is he identifies Mike Evans, whether it's Julian Edelman or Antonio Brown briefly. It really is that chemistry of identifying the repetition over and over again in practice and then saying he knows where the receiver's going to turn. He'll put the ball on the receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you saw that early, that first drive with Mike Evans defined the game, really. He just kept yeah. going at the same target with Mike Evans. I. You know, I think the defense is really good. I know it's a quarterback league and everything else. I think Tampa Bay happens to be a talented team overall. Um, and I think that that's uh, the key detail. And I do hear Charlotte starting to represent what what I forecasted here. What if happened? Brady wins a couple few in a row and it's like, ah, Cam and company, they came so close. Moral victory. That moral victory isn't going to taste as sweet uh, a month oh. into the season. If they're two back of the Buffalo Bills and Tom Brady gets his team riding high and they're and they go on a little bit of a streak here, I think all of Foxborough is going to start to have some real conflicted emotions. And you can start to hear a kernel of them coming out there from Aunt Sharp. Was that a kernel but Dave, Aunt Sharp? That's what I've been saying the whole time. I I've know. been I've been completely upfront that I I don't think I think I'm being I don't know whether most New England New England fans don't feel this way or they're just lying about it, but like I will be very honest. I don't want Tom Brady to win more games with the Bucks <laughs> than Cam Newton wins with the Patriots. And it sucked last night when they came so close. I'm getting heated. I just like, ugh, I was <laughs> I really hated it. It really was terrible. Also, I still see Brady in that Bucks jersey, and I'm just like, what is going on? Like, what bizarro, dumb world are we living in? That yeah. ta- also, can I just say the fact <laughs> that New England and Tampa Bay are now just linked forever? Like, that's a thing now. Like, yeah. you can't talk about a about Florida without talking about like New England. And I just never thought 2020 has been very weird for a number of reasons. <laughs> I never thought that one of them would be that I am somehow attached to Tampa, to Tampa Bay. Bay. Right. And then the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay. So that just adds to so that's an interesting perspective, Charlotte. So now it's so Tampa Bay wins at 1 p.m. And now there's even more pressure yes. for the Patriots to win at the night game. Right. I so. hated it. I want. Oh, <laughs> it sucks. Funny Good. Patriots fans. If Patriots fans on Twitter and otherwise keep letting me know that we're rooting for old Tom to to do nah. well. What are you talking about, Dave? Well, you're I... just you're just a bitter Steelers fan and everything. No, no, no. Keep lying to yourself. You know what? Don't try Patriots don't fans... try lying to Damashek. Damashek's on to you. You're right. lying to Patriots the man in the mirror, have... a woman in the mirror. They have <laughs> this like unbelievably New England stubbornness 
where mm-hmm. and it, it's a mix of loyalty and stubbornness. And I have that very much as a person. Um, but I like I tweeted a joke about Steve Belichick and Gardner Minshew having different kinds of dirtbag energy. And the tweet did OK. But I was like, Steve's like Minshew's energy is funny. Steve's is a little terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like the scene in the movie. If you're trying if there's a hitchhiker and like this guy pulls up in a car and it's Steve Belichick and you're like, I'm definitely not getting into that one. Right. And New England fans started yelling at me. They were like, F you, like Steve's great, blah, blah. I was like, I'm making a, a joke. You can't tell me. No, nah, don't you can't joke on Twitter. It, don't do that. What? I know, I know. But basically, there is this like, I think the stubbornness to <clears throat> not admit if they feel, if fans feel that they do want Brady to lose more than they want Cam to win. They won't say it because now they've said it so much that they want Brady to succeed that they can't admit. Like it it becomes about being right and about holding the party line more than it does about like, okay, how do you actually feel? And I'm either a bad enough fan or I'm disloyal enough or I'm honest enough to be like, I hate it. Right. All right. I I think more will have to, they'll show their true colors. And, and, and by week 10, I think almost, I don't know. I'd love to see a graph on this, but if people aren't going to be honest, what do you, what does it matter? But I think most, Patriots fans will be rooting against Brady as the yeah. wins rack up. No, Just for no. the record, to put to, the- to put my flag in the ground once again here on this one. It requires that the Patriots are not looking great and the and the Buccaneers are soaring. That is what will bring out the raw negative emotion. Right. It's easy no. to be gracious when the Patriots are also good. Look, we found our guy. We extended yeah. our little mini di- our our dynasty or we're going to call it by a half a decade cuz we have number 1 now replacing Tom Brady. Um, but if they're having those moral victories and coming up a little short and Brady keeps on winning games, people Mm -hmm. in New England are going to go crazy no matter what they've convinced themselves of here in September. You're right, but you're wrong about where that's going to be directed. It's going to be directed at Cam and the Patriots, and they are more likely to get angry at their own team than... Then, then say, you know, like, screw the bucks. I guarantee it. I see it. I see it could happen. And that's why I'm like, please, for the love of God, just like win the next few. Give us a little bit of a cushion because otherwise it's going to be right. ugly. Well, and also if, Cam, if, if it has nothing to do, if they can't get mad at some, if Cam gets hurt, then nobody's rooting for Tom out of New England. I just, you just have to, you can't, you have to, you have to flip the switch there. Um, and can Dave, I just say very quickly, yeah. just very quickly, go I don't want to get ahead. bogged down with the uniform notes Patriots here. Stuff. We have oh, too much stuff this? to talk about. Those yeah. Patriots road uniforms are an atrocity to my eyeballs. Shame <gasps> on those. They need no, to get so good. No, they got to get rid of the silver, silver helmets. If you're going to do that, just get a white helmet and they're, they're going to have really nice getups. But as they stand, as I've described them previously, and we'll do so again now, they look like a kid who said, I want to be a football man for Halloween. And mom went to TJ Maxx and just cobbled together some disparate football uh, elements and just like, there you are. Now you're a football man. Like, but they don't match. The silver helmet has nothing to do with everything underneath. Anyhow, please proceed. I wanted to weigh in. I didn't notice. I was watching RuPaul's get up and it just, uh, I had so many screens going with the Emmys and everything else. I didn't notice. Charlotte, anything on the uniforms? I didn't, I didn't really. I love them. You're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Dave, your Steelers, I, I, I wrote down that they squeak one out. I don't know. They had a pretty good lead. Looked like they were clamping down defensively. And then the backup comes in for Denver. Uh, 
Jerry Judy was like uh, killed in the middle of the field and, and Sutton walked off. I don't, it, it looked like uh, you were going to win handily. Boy, for all, I think the Steelers, you might say Atlanta has the best two receivers, Ridley and Jones. Steelers have the best four, I think. I think you have this guy, Deontay wow. Johnson. Well, Johnson has like 23 uh, targets right now. You have Juju. You have James Washington. You got Chase Claypool, monster receiver out of Notre Dame. Seems like they know how to use him here. Isn't it bumming you out that it's not resulting in a lot of points and James Conner is not yet injured? He's He did well yesterday. Why aren't they scoring 35 points? Uh, starting, um, with what's last, which is, or what's coming up in week three, I, I, I fear a desperate Houston team coming to town. Um, you know, a team yeah. whose season kind of is hanging in the balance. That's a scary spot for, uh, for the Steelers to be in. But yeah, um, I don't love the fact that I feel like defense is about identity a little bit more maybe than, than offense. Um, and you know, one complements the other, but the, the, the premise of this Steelers team is that they are supposed to have a dominant smothering, take the ball away defense. And certainly the pass rush is there. It's it, it, it is, um, as good as advertised, but the back end is letting them down and a little bit, but you know, I feel like this is a little snobby to be complaining. They're, they're two and oh, right. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Hayden got flat out smoked on a skinny post. I mean, there was no excuse. There was no deception about it. Um, a guy just ran right by him early in the game. And it, it it's disconcerting, like you say, because of all the injuries, including Drew Locke wasn't even out there after the right. first quarter. And they just about gave that one away. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess identity wise, you want to establish early in the year that we're up, we're up 11 points game over. There's zero right. chance, whoever you are, that you're going to rally against this defense. And now they have doubt. And I do think that as human beings, pro football players do register that fact. And now they probably feel a little fallible right now. I think they need a dominant performance where they would just really clamp down on a, on mm. a foe. Cause it, we haven't seen that yet. What's your problem with Renegade? Renegade, for those who are uninitiated, they play this in the second half and it uh, it allegedly rallies the defense and they get up and the Steelers players, what's weird about that is an old stick song from the 70s inspires mm. 21st century athletes to, uh, to, again, allegedly greater heights, but it's been exposed now. It's, it's now a jinx for the Steelers. I say, let's get rid of this dumb stick song, Renegade, and replace it with Iron Man. I mean, it's it's right there in the name. It makes all the sense in the world. But anyway, yeah, I don't care. Well, for that Charlotte, I, if I'm following this correctly, Charlotte says, is thinking you never had the right to play Renegade and probably don't uh, have the right to adopt Iron oh, Man. Oh, right, right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. yeah Charlotte's uh, the expert here. Please, I defer to you. Well, no, I don't know. Renegade, for some reason, I kind of get. I, I feel like when did like when did the when did the Red Sox adopt Sweet Caroline? You know, I, I feel like there are. Oh, Maybe I or, spoke yeah. too soon. Maybe it was like if you adopted a classic song from 20 years ago when in the 90s when I was little, so it felt normal to me. Maybe I'm the center of this universal rule for me. <laughs> you here. might be. Like <laughs> I don't think I, Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I think that I'm being selfish in the way I look at these teams and their songs. I feel like, you know. I think Renegade is pretty good. I'm pretty into it. But Dave, if you want a different stick song, may I suggest Come Sail Away? Because the build up to that, the, uh, when those yeah. drums hit, I mean, I could sure. run through a wall. So Sure. I, I'm, I'm with you 100 
and not even 100, 110%. Wow. I'm going to listen to that today and I'm going to feel better because I've listened to that stick song. I agree. Come, well, come all sail the, away. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh my God. I would one try, of my favorites. Try Mr. Roboto. I, I don't think anything uh, gets the players up now. No, come uh, sail away. Come weird. sail away will just make you want to be better. So. Yeah, that's all I've got. The best of times <laughs> might be. Yeah, I, I think you've landed on the best stick song there is there. Char- yeah, yeah. Renegade starts out well, oh mama, but then once it kicks in, it's a it's a cheese ball song. Come on, yeah. Steelers, you're better than that. I don't I, I I don't like any of it. And also, as a note, though, uh, the the takeaway is let's not get too crazy with the overreactions where the Steelers. This is my team. For any team, really, I think the lesson is as you as we get away from this is sixty minutes of evidence is is not enough to really say what's going to happen in the following week. It's a week to week league, as they say, and you know the Chargers stink. You know, look at them; they couldn't beat. Uh, they, they barely survived the bum Bengals. Obviously, Kansas City is going to destroy them. That yeah, kind of can. math, it's week to week. It, it really is just. Just win the game. Be happy. All right, don't make your team fun of wins, Charlotte's pick. No, 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 no. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You no, get come spirit. on. You got it. The, the only thing you can go on, you're only as good as the last thing you did. You can only, the last 60 minutes your team played, tell you whether they're going to go to the Super Bowl. It's That's everything right. you need to know. Every narrative, every story hangs in the balance of that final play. Come on, Dave. I thought you were in sports media. What are we doing here? Yeah, of course. You're as good as your last act. The one, one last thing on Renegade. These teams, I think, are looking so much for a home field advantage, whether it's hmm. piped in noise. They, they, uh, Collinsworth and Al Michaels talked about it. I think they said Seattle, where you saw really saw a difference in the crowd. The twelfth man usually makes up for a lot of, um, you know, whatever. It's the equalizer for sure and puts them over the top. I don't know that New England, this is one of the first times I've seen this this year. I don't know that New England comes back from double-digit deficit uh, if the crowd is in there. Michaels and Collinsworth said they could get the fake decibels up to 70, but it's normally 120. So I don't think they're going to start scrapping, you know, it seems like the Steelers scrapping Renegade and things that, you know, the uh, the kind of uh, the mainstays, the things that they've gotten used to over the years. So... Actually, Nora Princiati at at The Ringer did a really um, cool story on that, on how they can't get the sound up to above 70 through the speakers and how it doesn't change depending on plays. Like it's a steady level of volume that's the same whether, you know, you just screwed up a kick or got a touchdown. So I think that there's definitely some psychological balance there. Right. Well, and the broadcasts have not gotten better with that. I mean, when the, when the referee no. is coming up to announce a false start in the second quarter, kind of meaningless, and the crowd is roaring, I'm like, please, I can't just try to get this part right, at least. I, I think that, you know, I've talked to a lot of players about this over the years because I'm fascinated by the notion of home field um, and, and what actual advantage that provides the, the, you know, all that stuff about like traveling, you're vaguely uncomfortable versus leaving your house and going to the stadium and all that stuff does seem to matter, um, to, to, to some guys. But once the game kicks off the noise, Hey, we love Patrick Mahomes probably doesn't mean that much to the chiefs offense, the teams that it impacts negatively, are the ones that, you know, the Seahawks were so good at home because not just because it was intimidating and all that kind of stuff, but because it actually gave their defensive front 
a jump. Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, and so on will tell you that they could take a half-second extra jump because the offense was discombobulated. So that impacts these ferocious defenses that are trying to get after you. The Saints in New Orleans, Pittsburgh really in, in Heinz Field. The you know and so on. These teams are probably negatively impacted by the lack of a home field advantage of a crowd to distract the offense or keep uh, you know have them go silent count and allow the defensive front that split second jump. And it's ironic that I'm talking about the Chargers having a home field advantage. This is the last game I want to cover too. But you saw Mahomes hard counting and offsides, you know, and his to his uh, benefit a couple of times getting that defense to jump off. It's kind of kind of kept Kansas City in the game. It was pretty great. Uh, Dave, you predicted just uh, Herbert would start. I don't know that you knew that was going to be right before the game and Ty Taylor would be complaining about a rib injury, but he was in there and he looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, weird stuff. I think it was actually chest pains. I don't know if it's related to the rib or what with Tyrod oh. Taylor, a swell fella. So, uh, you know, best to him, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of, my my mentality, my my fragile self-esteem, I think I would rather be where Justin Herbert was. Like, don't tell me anything five seconds before the game. It's like, hey, by the way, Justin Herbert, you have to play the whole game. Like, what? Like, I'd rather not have a night or three nights to 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 worry about it and talk myself into all the uh, awful uh, possibilities. Uh, but either way, he looked great coming out of the gate. I It does matter to to the rest of the guys on the sideline when he was taking on defenders and, and uh, you know, going yeah. head to head, uh, going head to head with them. I think it's, it, it, we talked about that too. You guys balked at that. I said, I feel like the, the that the chargers give the chiefs consistently pretty good games. Um, it's not balked. We just read the numbers. You could talk. I don't think that's right. I don't think, but that <laughs> is right. Is that it, definitely they right? They killed them the last six. They won by an average of like a 12 points really? in San Diego or LA, wherever they were on the road. No, by the way, they also covered 10 in a row. I mean, Charlotte was right to jump on the yeah, Chiefs. Right. They covered 10 games in a row, including uh, the playoffs and, and everything else. Uh, Charlotte, what about Justin Herbert? Yeah, he did find out right before that's, um, yeah. Yeah, the, like the, five I mean, to I, ten I think, seconds. Yeah, exactly. I think they had the play clock running, and they just told him. Yeah. Yeah, i I thought he looked really good. I was I was not expecting. I thought he was going to be good. Um, I think also after watching Hard Knocks, or they had that scene where he really he was firing it off very accurately. I was like, oh, okay. I I don't know. I think I'll be honest. I don't think I gave him enough credit. Um, coming out of the draft, and yeah. um, he looked good. He looked better than I expected him to as a rookie. I also think he just seems from, you know, I met him before and um, from what I saw in Hard Knocks and sort of the way he is on the field, he does seem like a pretty humble, genuine guy. And um, I think that having coming in as a rookie and, and feeling like you are willing to learn and listen and respond well to your teammates is going to do you a lot of favors when you have to take the field for the first time. You're going to get a lot of moral support. Um, and and I think we saw that. I mean, I was truly shocked. I was shocked that the Chiefs were at a double-digit deficit. Like, I yeah. could not believe what I was watching. I'm really glad they came back because I had just written that I think the Chiefs are going 16-0. and 0. And while I know that that is hyperbolic <laughs> to begin with, I was like, if this ends... With if this ends in the second game of the season, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a real idiot. Yeah, and they're gonna be in every game. And that defense did everything. Melvin Ingram, everybody, Bosa coming at him, 
uh, for the three quarters, did everything they could to keep him in check. But he's at the end of the day, he's Patrick Mahomes. And I know, I don't know, Anthony Lynn, I just hated that fourth and one in overtime. I know they grinded him out with a 10-minute drive in the third, late third, fourth quarter. But um, you got to know that the Chiefs are at least going to get a field goal attempt. And and Butker, got, the fact that he's the best kicker in the game seems so unfair, but lined up three times. And the third kick of 58 yards was the best of all of them after all the timeouts and everything. Damn, those Chiefs, they did it. But I I, I like what I'm seeing with Herbert, uh, second and 24. I know Dave, you and Jeff Schwartz talking about it on minus three. He's got some grit. He takes on some defenders, like running the ball, much like he did in the Pac-12. Uh, second and 24, he converted a first down on two passes. Uh, all you could say about these rookies is they handle it. Can they handle the speed of the defense? Joe Burrow seems to be able to do that. Uh, Justin Herbert seems to be able to do it. Let's see Tua. Enough of this Fitzpatrick. He's fine. Put him off to the side. I want to see Tua. We're not going to live forever. Let's see all these guys. Maybe we don't need to see. We don't need to see Jordan Love. Jordan Love doesn't need to be in there. But let's see Tua. Let's see Herbert. Let's see Joe Burrow. Let's have some fun. I mean, I'm with you 100 percent about that. I love the the 21st century QB. Um, Justin Herbert looks like yet another there. The difference for him is. the is is the wheels you know is that uh right. is that he can take off and run and uh fantasy note for everybody out there that's why rookie qbs are good because they will make plays with their legs even if it doesn't result in their their team winning it will help your team win fantasy games little, interesting uh, little uh, right. fantasy colonel there for you well you're we're gonna anoint you the fantasy colonel wow you have a lot of lot of titles here. a lot of colonels uh, well one, one other thing though sal because i tweeted at you about it a couple of weeks ago i hope on FanDuel you cashed in when i told you plus 2300 when kyler murray was in preseason i told you he's gonna be the mvp so far that's looking pretty good there well um, he, he's in a four horse race i mean uh russell wilson is the favorite now after this weekend i suspect after next monday the winner of mahomes and lamar jackson will be the favorite for mvp the thing with murray is i don't know that he's going to get the exposure like russell hustle and bustle i think they get five primetime games i don't know that arizona does that my god russell wilson you're right at, at one point he had eight touchdowns and seven incompletions on the year. So, but I think it's those four and it's going to be fun. And I really, really hope that uh, none of them get injured. Not that I hope. I want you, I want you Sal right now. Cause I want to see how this plays out. Let's see that. Let's, let's watch uh, cousin Sal's stock process football America here right now. Cause we have all week. We have, we have six days till, uh, or no, we have a full week until uh, KC Right. And uh, and the Ravens. Give me your pick early on. Let's see if oh, you really? react to the recency bias. Who's going to win that game? Oh, can I give you mine too? Yeah, yes. well, let's see. Let's hear Charlotte's first. I want to think about it. Yeah, Mahomes. Go. You're taking the point. All right. So now Mahomes is a, a three point underdog, which you're not going to see uh, much in, in the next uh, five years. I think. Yeah, you're taking I Mahomes. Think- oh, well, I thought you were going to say this season. That <laughs> that's quite a statement. But oh, you're probably I don't right. Know. Right? No, no you're probably I right. Think- the reason I think it's Mahomes is because I think that he is going to keep having these games where he pulls it out. And um, I, oh God, what was I going to say? I just had a legit reason. I feel like his not getting it last year and his being an underdog at the moment bodes mm-hmm. well for his sort of comeback story of the winning MVP. Not comeback story as like a team or as a guy, but as like this particular award. Mm-hmm. I feel like the psychology behind it, I really think it's going to end up being Mahomes. Oh, man. 
I think I have to agree with you. I don't know that the Ravens, I, I, I think it's a hmm. slugfest like it was Rams Chiefs. I think it's going to be that kind of Monday game of points in the, in the well, that, that, that got crazy. That was like in the 50s. But I think it'll be high 30s. And if you don't pressure them, and I don't know if the Ravens, they do everything, but that's the one thing. I don't know that they could pressure Mahomes enough to keep that low scoring. So it could be last team with the ball wins. I'll take the Chiefs and the points, and I think they actually win the game. What do you think, Dave? I think that these are uh, this early in the season. Um, these are the two best teams in in uh, with all due respect to the Packers uh, mm. over there and the the way the Seahawks have uh, have looked right. offensively, especially. These are the clear cut two best teams. I think everybody would circle due respect to America's team, the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers, as well. I think that they're in a second tier there. This is going to be, I, I mean, I, you know, can't wait to, to see who wins out with this one. And it really feels to me like the Ravens have to abide by, I, 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 I on one hand feel like an old fool talking about identity, but I really do think the Ravens have to stick to, if they have the discipline to, if they fall down 10 points that they've got to stick with the way that they win games and not try to shoot it out a little bit, then right. I, I the Ravens, man, their brain trust from Ozzy in, in the DaCosta. I, I don't know. Also, shout out to Telesco as a side note, because if he's hit on <laughs> Herbert, too, he he may be, be the best personnel guy in football. But anyway, the Ravens are so loaded. They're so loaded, aren't they? I mean, they yeah. really top to bottom might be the most talented team I know. in, it's in the NFL. Good. I think I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. All right. Well, we have a week to figure it out. We'll talk about this uh Probably next Monday, too, we'll discuss it. Okay. Um, one more. Dave, I'm going to give you a shot here. America's team, like I said, 40-39, big win. You could back off your take of the Bills. Now, here's a couple of things to consider when saying the Bills are America's team. Um, most of America can't name more than one and a half players on the Bills. Uh, I think jersey sales should have something to do with it. And if you if you look at that, I don't think Josh Allen is in the top uh, fifty or seventy five. So you have a you have you can back off now, or you can continue on with this lunacy. I am gonna press my luck, Peter Tamarkin. Wow. Let's go! <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Shout like, out to the Peter Bills. Tamarkin. The Bills being America's team is the most <laughs> absurd thing I have ever heard. <laughs> What, what are like, they talking about? Why would they wear red, white, and blue? Josh Allen so is so lovable. No way that the that the oh my god, Dave! That I just like the more I hear you say this, the funnier I find it. You it's want it to be, be Gardner than... Minshew. That, that, that team's not going to be relevant in two weeks. Why would we make it the Jags with their okay, ugly uniforms? Gardner Minshew is America's quarterback. The Jags are not America's team. Uh, Gardner I Minshew. I knew I should have let this go. I'm not falling for this again, Damashek. This is my fault. I shouldn't have brought it up. Uh, They're so fun. What are we talking about? (laughs) They're going to vanquish the Patriots. Everybody hates the Patriots. Why do we like like Batman so much? It's because he beats the Joker all the time. That's 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 why people like Batman? That's not why people like Batman. People like Batman because he has a cool cape and there's a bat signal. And that's sort of the equivalent of like the Cowboys being America's team. There you go. Like they have the cool cape and the hats. I mean, the helmets... Thank you. And people yeah. care about them. How about that? How when about I think, that? that people when I think of, care. When I think about looking cool, Mike McCarthy is the first face that comes to mind. <laughs> wow. I mean, listen, uh, everybody okay, just- Okay, pay- if we're doing that, sorry, if we're doing that, then the Arizona Cardinals are America's team. So- No, no, they don't have red, white, and blue. You have to have red, white, and blue. 
You have to have a good looking coach to be America's team. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, really, Dave. Enough. Well, I mean, if we want to embrace the Packers on that level, because certainly LaFleur over Kingsbury in this uh, in this reporter's mind. All right. Anyway. We got to move on. But, all right. So you're not back. The bills are Buffalo. good. The bill. The, the bottom the line is fine. The takeaway is the takeaway is the takeaway is Chiefs, Ravens, Ravens, Chiefs. Don't sleep on the bills, everybody. They're for sleep real. Sleep on the bills. No, they're they're full of crap, I think. Don't sleep don't on the bills. Really that sounds have. very uncomfortable. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you could say the Bears are full of the crap, full of crap. And Dave, I bring this up. Who is our Mike August full of shit team of the year? Two and oh. Uh, you know, we love Mike August, a friend of ours, but he's full of shit. And mostly, uh, most conversations he brings our way. I think the bills are full of shit. I think they could have lost. I don't know. The jets are, are awful and they barely beat them. And they beat the dolphins who also blew that game. That I'm not, I'm not biased. Define Diggs is pretty, he looked pretty good out there. Josh Allen looked pretty good. I do think, I do think, and it's weird that it matters so much, but I do think that you need the evidence of success for your own brain, even if you are a supreme physical specimen like pro football players are, they need the validation of success. And Josh Allen is succeeding now against bad, is getting better and he's doing it against bad defenses right now. And I think, yeah, I think he's going to feel a different sense of self by the time he starts seeing those tough defenses. And that by that point, they'll have established you're seeing more Zach Ma. Anyway, I like right. the Bills. That's my point. Let's not have sleep I told on the you Bills. Guys, have I told you guys my Josh Allen, Sam Darnold story? I don't know what happened. They were, we were, um, there was a Super Bowl party and I was at it. And this is, I don't mean to sound, I can't tell the story without sounding like a douchebag. So I apologize in advance, but oh, don't do I it, was, no, don't, don't, I, don't. <laughs> you got to be the only one of us three that doesn't sound like a douchebag. All right. Go ahead, that go. ship has sailed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Come so I was away. at the party and I was going to let someone in and Josh Allen and Sam Darnold were waiting in line to be let in. Cause there was like a wristband situation. I don't know. And they had a few friends with them. And Josh was standing in front and there were a few people. And then Sam was a little bit behind him in line. And Sam's going, oh, my God, is that Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills? And Josh is standing there. He's going like, shut up, man. And Sam's like, I can't believe that's Josh Allen. And just like keeps razzing him. And I thought it was very funny. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) It was a good bit. It was a good bit. It's it's not as funny anymore now that Josh Allen is clearly the better quarterback. Like, hey, toast of New York City. Guess what? You're going to get replaced in about 14 games now. The way this thing's cracking. I think yeah. that makes it kind of yeah, funnier. Maybe it is funnier. What also funnier that there used to be Super Bowl parties. Oh, so sad. Let's yeah, get Jesus. back to it. Come on. <laughs> let's turn it around. Hey, guys, extra points brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. I told you this. I told you this before. I'm going to tell you again. By now, you probably heard about FanDuel Sportsbook, world-class sports betting app. FanDuel makes it easy to find and place your bets. They've got some of the best odds you'll find anywhere. Uh, it's the only place you can place same game parlay NFL bets this season. And when you win, they even get you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. That's almost a day. Lots of reasons to try FanDuel Sportsbook. But right now, here's a few more. New users can place their first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook risk-free and get up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. Hey, you want to bet Vegas? This is not anything like Vegas does. But if you want to bet Vegas tonight, getting five and a half, you lose, you join up, you get it risk-free, you get your 1000 back, no strings attached. 
place any bet you want. You win, keep the cash, you lose, get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit. They also have their football double up. You place a pregame money line wager. If your team scores 35 or more points, you double your winnings. Wow, that'll be fun for Ravens Chiefs. I bet you can figure that out for Monday night. Maximum bonus, $50 in site credit. NBA final basket bonus. For Colorado, you place a money line wager at the last score of the game's a three-pointer. You double your winnings, fixed uh, max $50 in site credit. And in NHL, five-goal double-up in NHL. You place a pregame money line wager. If your team scores five or more goals down in the Stanley Cup, you double your winnings, $50 max. To start betting, download FanDuel Sportsbook app. Be sure to sign up with promo code EXTRAPOINTS. That's FanDuel.com slash EXTRAPOINTS. FanDuel.com. Slash extra points. Wow, we are we did an hour already. We have to let's oh my breeze God. through this. NBA Lakers they win on an Anthony Davis three at the buzzer. Um, Lakers now to sweep or minus one forty. That was amazing. I don't know why they had Plumley on Anthony Davis. He was like a whirling dervish, barely covering. Uh, the one thing I'll say about this, it was nice to see the Lakers smile. I know um, nobody owes me smiles. I'm not going to be one of those. Um, I pay your salaries kind of thing, but me and the, and the boys were rooting for the Lakers here. I'm like, I wish they had more fun winning. They really don't. LeBron's not happy. I get it. There's other shit going on in the world, but LeBron never seems happy. But for at least 10 seconds, Anthony Davis and the Lakers seemed pleased to win. And I think this series is now, even though Denver thrives in a 3-1 deficit, I think the Lakers have this one. It's funny you say that, Sal, because I was trying to figure out why I loved the end of that game so much because I felt really bad for the Nuggets. Like, I really, they looked so tired, and but they hung in there and they came back. And I was Mm -hmm. really, it was really fun to see. And I, I, I feel bad that they're probably going to get swept. But then I, I was really happy when, when yeah. AD hit that shot, and and that's exactly why I just realized what you said. Like he was so happy, and we had right. not seen that in so long, and it was really a lovely moment. Is this stupid? Are we going to get some shit for this? But like, oh, who cares? Why should the Lakers be happy for you? But I, it, it was. When they win, they win by double digits and it's kind of methodical and everything. But this was the first time we saw them. And then they went to the press conference and everybody was serious again. But um, I don't know, Dave, is it asking a lot to to root for teams to uh, be joyous once in a while? Well, first of all, a lot of people said this after the Chiefs game that the decisive play of uh, of the fourth quarter was when Patrick Mahomes took off with the ball like that and everybody decreed unfair at some level. It really does hit you viscerally like right. He's allowed to do that on top of everything else. He can just run for 25 yards when the situation uh, calls for it. Same thing as Anthony Davis, who is the yeah. who's the key figure for this Lakers team. That he's going to win a game with a three ball like that is if you mm-hmm. be like unfair if you're a Nuggets fan, right. almost. But it also speaks to I, I legitimately. I know I keep invoking my own dumb theories to uh, to validate what I think, but. The curse of Sposta is hovering over the the Lakers. It was they this was a a failed season, much as it was for their uh um fellow Staples Center inhabitants, the the Clippers. The season is a failure if you don't get to the finals. And so yeah. this is all um, you know, the uh, anticlimax climax, pre, I forget, whatever. Anyway, it this all like, yeah, this is what we're supposed to be doing. There is a joylessness in that. There is right. a sort of like, mm. yep, 
Once we get to the finals, now we're where we're supposed to be. All of this is like, can we get done with this already? I guess we're so. supposed to be here. That's uh, that would be I my so. my guess at it. Whereas that that's why the Nuggets feel like so much fun. They're not supposed to be here. Of course, they can be right. breezy and smiling and laughing. That's why I have such a good time on this podcast. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Uh, hey, Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Gordon Hayward. Not Jordan supposed Hayward. to. Jordan uh, might as well be Jordan Hayward because he's turning this basketball team around for you guys. And uh, mm -hmm. it maybe wasn't so much Marcus Smart screaming in the locker room as uh, this guy who makes $30 million a year uh, playing on a bum ankle and playing at a pretty high level. The stats won't show it, but the offense looks better. It runs through Gordon Hayward now and makes Kemba better and everybody else. And I also thought, I always thought the Celtics were superior to the heat. They've blown four double digit leads. You get them. Now they have a little break too, which is good for Hayward Wednesday. Uh, they're a three point favorite. The heat still favored to win the series. How are you feeling about this Charlotte? Oh man. I don't know. Uh, I do feel like Hayward, we needed Hayward to come back. They needed something like if Hayward hadn't come back, it was mm -hmm. just sort of a death spiral and they were, they could have gotten swept. I truly believe that. I think that morale was so low everyone's fraying i mean they're in this goddamn bubble like i would be miserable too you're with each other all the time um mm. and so i think hayward came back and breathed some life into the team and if nothing else is just something different right like i think sure. sometimes part of the problem when teams start falling apart or even like it people individual people at their jobs like if you can infuse difference if you can change something up shake something up like it it can make a huge difference. And so I think that that was great. I, I don't feel great about this. I, I feel like really? the Heat are so hot right now. I feel like they're so good down the stretch that I, I mean, I, maybe I'm saying this to like emotionally hedge, but I, I don't know that at this point down two games, the Celtics are going to do it. I feel like they blow one more lead or they have one more bad game and it starts to, to be over. If they do go down two games. Yeah. Uh, and they were not hot from behind the arc. Uh, Miami Harrow is usually there. Yeah, sorry. If they Duncan go down Robinson. two Right. Sorry. Duncan Robinson. Uh, he was, uh, you know, they rendered him just negligible. Um, that's what you got to do. If the Heat are hitting their threes, all these teams. But I will say, I think Boston has had a lead at halftime in nine straight games. So with Hayward or without Hayward, they just got to hold these leads. And against Miami, 10 points is not safe with three minutes left. I think they come back. I like the plus money on Boston to win this series. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Hot, hot heat. I like them uh, playing to the brand there a little bit uh, with uh, mm -hmm. with Dragon Dragic at the point, finally blowing up. I feel like it's been eight years now people have been saying, like, you know who you don't know? He's very hipster. He's the, he's the uh, indie album of point guards in, in the NBA. A lot of people are like, if you really know what you're talking about, uh, right. Gord, but anyway, um, you know what I like? I like the Celtics to, uh, to win this series in six bang. Oh, wow. interesting. I hope you're right. I really, I hope you guys are right. NHL game two tonight. Stars lightning Tampa Bay minus minus one sixty five. A lot of people picked them to win. They were the favorites. Uh, game two minus minus one sixty five to come back. They look slow out of sorts. Stars minus minus one twenty to win the Stanley Cup. That'll be fun. I mean, there was so much last night. Uh, my cousin Jimmy hosted the Emmys. I'm a little bit biased, but I thought he did a great job in front of an empty audience. They used that device they showed. I think they fooled a lot of people thinking that 
there was a full audience there with the cutaways to the John Hams of the world and the Meryl Streep's and everything. And then they reveal later on that, no, he's just doing it in front of an empty audience. Um, basically, was just doing it to the cast of Shit's Creek. My God, how many, they won every single award. Charlotte, you watched the show. Did mm -hmm. that, Dave, you watched too? Shit's Creek? D yeah, I watched Shit's Creek and the You Andes. do? Yes. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at Shit's Creek. I don't know. Maybe it was just another instance of Canada rubbing it in that they, they've got COVID under control. <gasps> they win all the awards. This is ridiculous. They won no. every single award. I think it was that Shit's Creek takes place in a world where everyone is kind and everything is good and yeah. people wanted to reward that. I personally, I loved the first two or three seasons. I thought they were funny. They had an edge. I think I said this last time. And then it just got like unbelievably sappy. And so I thought the last season was actually pretty poorly written, but I that will probably get me death threats from Shit's Creek fans. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether like entertainment stands or sports fans are more terrifying. Really? Even Shit's Creek fans might. Uh, oh, really, yeah. I think threaten. at this point, like, and, and that's funny because Catherine O'Hara is like my favorite actress of all time. Like if I could mm -hmm. have dinner with any two living people, it would be Catherine O'Hara and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, and nice. like, that's all that I want in life. And yet I do think I'm still allowed to say like the writing could have been sharper in the last mm -hmm. season. Right. Yeah, no, I know. It's a, I, I have a problem with all my favorite shows, too. It's, a, it's just how it works. And also, I would like to have dinner with just anybody. Wouldn't it be nice to just be <laughs> yes. having dinner? Um, right? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like a hypocrite here because I don't watch Shit's Creek, and I'm like, oh, they're winning all the awards. But last year, I was like, uh, you got to see Fleabag. Are you kidding me? You haven't seen Fleabag? I was on that, I was on that train. So I guess I'll watch Shit's Creek. I was happy with uh, Julia Garner. That was my favorite. Ruth Langmore in Ozark, Best Supporting actress um very she does she does a lot of great things all over the place but that was my favorite dave what are your takeaways uh from what you watch um i i feel like the it represented 2020 and uh the political landscape on some level it's like well we i like shit's creek yeah but you know there are other things that are good there are other shows you could vote for like nope i made my decision i'm all in on shit's creek and that's the only one that gets my vote like yeah but maybe you should consider some other nope, that's it i'm all in on one same thing kind of it felt like with uh succession too it's like well, the, the only two shows that won were those two i i really uh sincerely thought uh kimmel did a gangbusters job um doing that and i really think that um it, as i forecasted um i i think it was more satisfying than most award shows, you know, the, the, mm. the getting all dolled up and applauding each other and all that kind of stuff. I liked the uh, seeing people's houses and, yeah. you know, I thought, I, I thought all of that played, I thought, uh, you know, Kimmel handled the situation and I found that cutaway from the uh, laughing crowd to then when he suddenly revealed it, it suddenly mm. was stark and, uh, and, uh, made you feel the moment a little bit. I thought that was neat in the monologue. Right. Um, but you know, the monologue was, uh, was dynamite. Uh, oh, it's Sunday. Uh, Trump must be at church, you know, great line. So, um, <laughs> I, I think he's going to come it. on Wednesday. I want to ask him about that. Cause I've been around that where you're like, Oh, I've, we're, we're hoping Trump weighs in on a lot of this stuff. Like, Oh no, why wouldn't he tweet about this? And then he just never did. I think when it was, uh, Jimmy was hosting the Oscars, but 
you know, I, I do feel bad. It was up against, um, like Charlotte said, our heads were spinning. It was up against the Lakers, who didn't just take care of business like they normally did. It was a last-second shot, so you kind of had to watch that game. You had to watch the Patriots game, which was crazy, and, um, you know, never uh, out of hand, really. And they came back in the last play of the game. Um, that was decided. So, of course, the ratings will probably be low, and people will attach themselves to that. But uh, I thought it was a really good job by Jimmy. John His Oliver monologue. Not my favorite. Not my uh, favorite, I, John Oliver. I agree, but the monologue, <laughs> it, the sweet spot, he really did. He snuck that yeah. Kimmel did uh, after the late games and before Sunday night football kicked off. Well that's done true. with that, Kimmel. I'm sorry, I interrupted you about John Oliver. No, that's okay. I can't even get into it because it seems like sour grapes, and then I get into trouble with even Jimmy doesn't like me talking about this, but John Oliver does a once-a-week show, and Kimmel and all the others do four times a week. But anyway. Whatever, True. it's fine. True. Same, it's completely same, bogus. I same category, right, of course. Right, same it's category. Not fair. Um, hey, what about our sports Emmy? We did it last week. We labeled. We tried to give a single athlete an Emmy for best acting on the field or on the court or on the ice. Um, Charlotte, who did you say? You said Rudy Gobert and and Donovan I said Donovan Mitchell, right? Mitchell pretending right. to like Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Gotcha. And Dave, you had uh, Odell. Odell. Odell, right. Right. All the acting he does. I had the Bengals kicker, Bullock, um, with a, clutching onto his leg after week one, missed kick, and then being completely fine on Thursday night. Uh, Jim, we have the results. I think we put it to a Twitter poll, right? Yes, we did. And the winner <laughs> was Randy Bullock from the Bengals. Oh. Mm. Jim, what Jim, you don't understand. You, you understand. <laughs> Of the vote. on the eve on the eve coming of Super up in Bowl. second place was Odell Beckham twenty percent. <laughs> Jim is People not gonna... like football. <laughs> Jim, Jim the Fields was in third place with fifteen percent. Jim's not going to host a game show anytime soon. I don't Let me think. just say something know. to you, Jim. Jim Gobert had ten percent with what in hell? <laughs> Jim, I want you to listen to me, and I want you to take this in the spirit in which it's intended. I want you to understand, on the eve of the first Super Bowl, Max McGee, he didn't think he was going to play, so he <laughs> went out on a twister. He went out all night. He showed up to the stadium not knowing where he was, for, for all we know. He made two spectacular catches, two touchdowns in the first Super Bowl. The least you can do is read these things with some energy, Fred. <laughs> Well, Jim is private messaging me. I don't know how this counts in the uh, energy de uh, department. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, no, we all got that. Wrap it up, everyone. Oh, everybody got it. Okay, good. All right. I feel, <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> all right, Jim's up. got some place to go, I guess. Uh, uh, let me just add, because I did look in the comments, Jalen Ramsey, LeBron, Kyle Lowry were the most mentioned in the field. Um, aspect of this thing. <laughs> Jim, I am so sorry. I, I took you out of your comfort zone there. <laughs> I asked them to have that ready. Anyway, those are our sports Emmys. We're going to have Jimmy on hopefully Wednesday. Uh, Dave, what do you have to plug? We really need to wrap this up. <laughs> um, I am on with, uh, with Chris Long on his uh, tremendous podcast. Mm. We'll, uh, we'll further break Chris. down week two. Um, and so be on the lookout for that one. Um, also, of course, minus three coming up uh, later in the week. We'll uh, let you know how week three is going to break out. Jeff Schwartz has been on it early in the season. You want to be listening to him versus me because I'm more like Neo when he is uh, in, you know, by the helicopter. <laughs> like, I don't know how to fly a helicopter. And then he goes, doot, 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 doot. 
Now I know how to fly a helicopter. Oh, good. By week four or five, Damashek will be like Neo where it comes to football uh, predictions. I'll go. Boop, I was going to say boop, you're going to be able boop, to fly a helicopter. No, That's but I great. did for the record. I said I said uh, 31, uh, 26 uh, Seahawks last night and that and wow. the five points was oh, the margin nice. of victory. Close. So at least I finished off well. And uh, beware, everybody, uh, Breeze lovers, bold prediction. You can talk to me later. Drew Breeze, um, I think we start to see. Dave predicted Downward. Justin Herbert would find his way into the starting lineup. I will say Jeff Schwartz, that was a winning promotion. Fade Jeff Schwartz. Yes, I feel yes. bad for him. The Bears missed a field goal late. They would have covered. Uh, Jeff said, take the uh, Bears. If you faded Jeff Schwartz, as the uh, pro promotion suggested, you won money betting the Giants plus the, what was it, six and a half, Dave? I think it was like six and a half. Six and a on, half, yeah. They, they FanDuel. FanDuel boosted it uh, for the there minus three listeners. That's why you got to get in on that one. Right, and minus three, we'll have another one there. Uh, our our uh, parlay failed miserably. We went mm. 0 for 3. I think that's the thing, Charlotte. We either go 3-0 and 0 or 0-3, and 3, so bet it. Six to one one way and bet it's six to one the other way. There You're you not going to see ones I and like, twos or twos I and like ones. I like it that we all fail together and we all <laughs> succeed go. together. Right, you know? exactly. We don't like to show each other. It's a all. humbling game. No. That's all. You know, football's a humbling game. We got humbled. You know, we That's needed right. this. We needed this early season misstep to right the ship, you know? Right, exactly. All right, Charlotte, wrap it up. Come on. Uh, that's a wrap, folks. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Read my stuff. Listen to my podcasts. It's, you got a week two uh, recap coming up, right? Tomorrow or today? Yes, tonight? I do. And tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow. I didn't say anything stupid, but you know, I don't think you I might have. So you should watch it to see if you can see if I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Tune in to see if Charlotte did anything stupid. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, what do I have to say? I'm at the cousin Sal. Um, yes, fantasy waiver wired podcast is already up. I did, uh, uh, Jen Piacenti and Jerry Ferrara did it last night with all this going on. They did, they had to, they wow. can't, they got to get it out of their system. They did a fantasy recap. So listen to that now. Um, <clears throat> the lemon pepper parlay crew is later in the week. As we said, minus three, uh, Rachel Bonetta and I will have our comedy podcast. What the hell is that called? Jim laugh lines, laugh lines. Thank you, Charlotte. And, um, uh, so much else going on. We'll be back Wednesday. And a reminder, even though you guys may feel like underdogs, please remember that you're all my favorites. I think that's as close as perfect as I'm going to get to that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> even you though it's it. a few. See you Wednesday. Wrap it up. <laughs>